you're listening to Digital Disruption, a health wallet podcast dedicated to sharing insights on how you can cut through the noise of a complex healthcare system. Hey everyone, this is Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to the very first episode of Digital Disruption, a health wallet podcast. Again, I'm Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. I'll be your host for the podcast today, and thank you so much for joining us on this very first episode of the Health Wallet Podcast. We appreciate you joining us for the start of what's bound to be some cutting-edge thought leadership and necessary hard-hitting conversations all around the healthcare industry from technology to methodologies and everything in between. As you're joining us for today's podcast, make sure that you're heading to our website, thehealthwallet.com. Again, thehealthwallet.com. That's going to have more information on some of the solutions and services and vision for the industry that you are going to hear about today. You can also find more thought leadership, including podcasts, articles, blogs, videos, and more there on our site. You can also find more future episodes of Digital Disruption on on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So on this very first episode of Digital Disruption, again, a health wallet podcast, we wanted to give our audience a proper introduction to the health wallet vision and more importantly, understand why a company like Health Wallet even has to exist in our current landscape. Physicians and patients alike can probably attest to the frustration that our medical system's rising costs and honestly confusing costs add to the care experience. And the last thing you want to be worrying about as a patient is whether or not you're overspending for coverage when you're in the middle of a sickness or health issue. And the last thing physicians need to worry about as they're trying to administer quality care is uh, worrying about the uh, opacity of the insurance finance system and trying to maneuver uh, making sure that they can deliver on the quality care with the budgets that they have. So what we're going to be doing is tracking how some of these dynamics create disruptions to care that affect health, affect budgets, affect operations, patients and physicians, and better understand how some of these dynamics have led to the formation of a company and solution like Health Wallet. Beyond that, we're also going to set the stage for some future conversations and for the whole show here, really unpacking why it's time to have some hard-hitting and necessary conversations around several aspects in the industry. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our first guest for the podcast, Mr. Ryan Coplin. He's co-founder and president of Health Wallet. Ryan, great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. <clears throat> How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for asking and thank you for joining us on this first episode. I feel like we've got a lot to unpack. We really got to set the stage for what's to come and also better understand what the company is, what the vision is, and why it's necessary. So let's start there. Can you just sort of give us an elevator pitch again on what Health Wallet does, how it integrates with the system uh, of healthcare here in the U.S., and then we'll expand? Sure. <clears throat> so Health Wallet at its core is a benefits aggregation platform. It's a native mobile technology system that aggregates a suite of benefits together and consolidates them into an environment that's intentionally easy to use and understand by health plan members and their dependents. Um, we've taken a pretty complex digital healthcare ecosystem and created a intentionally easy to understand and utilize mobile platform that collectively not only will aggregate benefits together into an environment that's easy to access for you know members and their families, but it uses some proactive automation and 
and technology to engage them in a timely way. And ultimately what that's doing is, is financially and philosophically aligning member and payer and helping them to navigate what we call the optimal care path. Mm. Perfect. Thanks for that elevator pitch. So then if you had to summarize or I guess uh, explain in more detail the benefits of having something like an employee benefits navigation as a service solution, what would they be and why? Give us sort of the lay of the land for why something like this is necessary and uh, valuable in the industry today. Yeah. So, uh, and first, my background is in employee benefits consulting. So this comes from an uh, inevitable problem that we used to have when architecting, you know, health plans. And so given the cost trajectory of healthcare and health insurance, as we all know it, um, you know, there's only a handful of what we call, you know, large payers, the Blue Cross United Signa and the Humanas of the world, because of the collective trajectory in terms of cost increase, you know, across the board, there are alternative solutions being put together and the benefits of self-insured benefit plans and strategies are starting to come way down market. And so there's a there's a vast array of folks that are starting to deconstruct a traditional health plan as we know it and rebuild it with, you know, more financially aligned vendor ecosystems, ones that provide higher quality care uh, at a lower cost to the payer and the members. Uh, and the fundamental problem is, you know, every day the average healthcare consumer wakes up uh, pretty confused out of the gate in terms of understanding all of the elements of their health plan, where the you know optimal entry points are into that health plan, uh, accessibility, and those sort of things. And what we've what we started to find is there's you know, a very dynamic environment that we all live in. And, and there's tons of new digital health solutions and other types of care mechanisms and access points that are that are coming to light. But the, the fundamental problem is you give a health plan and a health plan member five new apps and five new passwords and all these disparate member access points. And <clears throat> you're just going to confuse everybody more than they already are. And so benefits navigation <clears throat> has really started to converge between self-service digital tools and kind of what we call care coordinators or concierge folks that are competent uh, business, you know, employee benefit professionals that are sitting kind of behind the scenes helping people to really understand, um, you know, what's the most efficient, effective way for them to access care. And uh, what we're doing is we're working with, you know, these third-party health plan administrators who are deconstructing traditional health plans as we know it and rebuilding them with high-performance vendors. And, and, and the problem that they have is, is underutilization of some of these services that would be uh, not only beneficial to the members, but subsequently the payers as well. And so uh, there's, a, there's a large, you know, need for folks that can really help people navigate the unknown when it comes to their particular benefit plans. And that's the that's the solution that we built. You mentioned a few things there in your answer that I want to follow up on. First, uh, you mentioned some of the digital disruptions that are making a solution like health wallets more feasible. Uh, can you intersect how the emerging capabilities of mobile devices, mobile applications, and also mobile networks, expansion of maybe even 5G, next-gen Wi-Fi, how that's changing the navigation delivery method uh, in healthcare and uh, the approach as well as structure for how patients engage with their networks and their physicians? Yeah, sure. So, 
Um, the most obvious and, and, and probably collectively well-known is the concept of virtual healthcare or telehealth solutions, which you know we're seeing exponential growth in and, and large adoptions, uh, widespread adoption, you know, in part due to uh, COVID and you know the accessibility or lack thereof rather of traditional healthcare entry points. And so there's really two elements that I think are going to fundamentally change the way that health plans and members interact with one another. Uh, first is is you know a lot of these digital health related solutions. So uh, everybody's cell phone is ultimately their you know fifth permanently affixed appendage these days. So leveraging that as as a mechanism for them to enter the healthcare system, talk to a doctor more frequently, be you know you know be less um, we'll say uh, reluctant to go and maybe get some medical advice in a situation where they, you know, they might not otherwise have wanted to do so because of all of the, you know, the obvious reasons they'd have to go down to the dock and do all those things. So there's the member facing side of the world. Uh, and then there's the health plan ecosystem and the interoperability of some of these solutions, because there's, there's always been a, you know, a data nucleus that these health plans operate on, but what they're ultimately trying to do with that is change, you know, member behavior. And it's, that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, and so, you know, what we're, what we're helping to do is support, you know, a much more effective communication mechanism between member and payer and, you know, steer people into ultimately using what we call the digital front door, which is leveraging the, the easiest way for them to get into the healthcare system and talk to a, you know, a care coordinator or something, leveraging the capabilities of their mobile devices. And, and there's, you know, all sorts of automation logic around uh, some of these engagement and communication mechanisms. Uh, and so some of what we're doing and we're seeing is, you know, when there's a certain situation that a health plan would want to potentially intervene, you know, on behalf of a member uh, for care coordination or something, we're driving a lot of our proactive communication to plan members off of these data warehouses and using some automation and some AI to, to more effectively do that. In your last answer, you also mentioned trying to step away from the traditional health plan uh, or at least seeing that the traditional health plan isn't the only method for patients to engage with their physicians and to build out um, you know, a, a holistic network of care. Uh, a lot of that is due to the digital disruptions. Uh, but regardless, this shift impacts a lot of moving pieces in providing care, uh, both uh, at the administrative level and at the actual care level with physicians and nurses. So uh, I'm curious your thoughts on the biggest challenges we're seeing today that uh, health plan administrators specifically face when trying to deconstruct the status quo around the traditional health plan that, you know, still wins out in a lot of ways. Uh, and some of the challenges they face as they try to now rebuild more efficient, high performance, and uh, I guess easier to access healthcare ecosystems. Yeah, so the common denominator comes to or it comes down to member confusion, so decentralized communication efforts and subsequently decentralized accessibility to the solutions that are, you know, intentionally being curated uh, to benefit all parties collectively. Uh, the, you know, the common denominator, like I said before, is, is 
when it's deconstructed and rebuilt in a high performing sort of capacity, it's, it's inherently decentralized at that point. And so, uh, the, I'd say the biggest problem that the, you know, third party and first party health plan administrators are facing when it comes to, uh, the performance of these, you know, solutions is member community, uh, member communication or lack thereof rather. And then, uh, you know, underutilization of these services. Uh, a lot of times these things are being structured intentionally to where they're they're more cost effective and more convenient to use at a member level. So it's a no brainer to actually do it, which, you know, as a byproduct of that helps to mitigate plan expense and and maintain the integrity of the, you know, performance of the plan and perpetuate the performance of the plan. Problem is people, they're accustomed to, <clears throat> to doing what they've always done, which is go down the street to the same old dock and do the same old thing. Uh, and so we've tried to put a solution in place that takes all of these, what would otherwise be disparate member facing access points and, and consolidate it into an environment that's got easy to understand big buttons with a native mobile app that, that, uh, proactively does outreach to members, helping them to understand when and when and how are the best ways for them to access care, uh, and so, the, you know, the common denominator in this world is is underutilization of of uh, available solutions. Mm. Well, I guess to that point, can you expand on the underutilization that we see, both the what and the why? So, again, what are some of the most common elements of self excuse me self funded health plans today that you see members typically underutilize. So the what there, and then also give us a why. Why are these the services that often don't get touched? Is it just confusion around what they offer? Is it an inability to access them in the first place? Cost inhibitors? Give us a breakdown. Yeah. So I'd say that, you know, the two most common, really easy wins that benefit everybody collectively are, are the use of telehealth as the virtual front door into the healthcare ecosystem. Um, these things are inherently more efficient, cost-effective, you know, accessible, but large data shows that in a, you know, at a collective population level, they've been traditionally underutilized. I think that's a function of number one, probably, uh, un, you know, lack of familiarity, uh, lack of consistent communication, and, people just having sheer reluctance to do something different than they've done in the past. Uh, the same thing goes for what we call pharmacy supply chain management. So in today's world, there are far more cost effective ways to get some of the prescriptions and the medications that members and health plans are, are procuring through the traditional, you know, we'll call them supply chain mediums, um, you know, wholesale intermediaries. A lot of high-performing health plans have put, you know, some solutions in place that that fundamentally change where the drugs are sourced from, and so and will intentionally structure these health plans to have a reduced member responsibility or completely eliminated member responsibility or, or a cost associated with accessing those services as an incentive to to try and change their behavior. The problem is most folks just don't know what they don't know. And it's it's a fundamental lack of just consolidated communication and, and timely engagement and accessibility. And, uh, you know, most people don't realize that if they had their regular maintenance medications mailed to them, it would cost them considerably less and cost their plan considerably less. And, and 
the, you know, those are two examples that come back to the same common denominator, which is people just don't know what they don't know. You know, there are a lot of folks that are rebuilding health plans and intentionally structuring the plan design and the framework to to give healthcare services to members for free if they just do certain things, you know, a different way. Uh, benefits everybody collectively. It just comes down to lack of awareness, kind of status quo, consumerism behavior, or lack thereof, rather, when it comes to, uh, you know, seeking healthcare services and ultimately the the accessibility component. Uh, I think that, you know, in a lot of in a lot of ways, today's world is, you know, in the consumerism behavior outside of just healthcare is is a is a function of convenience, you know, particularly leveraging mobile and and some of these you know technologies that are available now. So we're you know working to to bring that into the health plan ecosystem. Yeah, I think that convenience is really the name of the game. I mean, COVID especially pushed and accelerated so many industries to have to rely on that convenience factor to maintain a healthy customer base. And our healthcare system, I think, is no different, you know, albeit it is uh, more of a social service than Uber Eats, right? Uh, so regardless of its ease of use, people are still going to use it. Uh, but I think to that point, it makes it even more necessary to make sure that the uh, system as well as the plans themselves are easy to navigate because what kind of plan would it be, right? If uh, people can't utilize the resources that are available uh, and therefore decrease the quality of care, right? Uh, you also mentioned digital front doors, uh, just kind of the general concept for what a health wallet enables. Uh, you also mentioned that across the board, it cuts costs. Can you expand on that and give us some more granular insight as to how and why it cuts costs? So again, more specifically, how does it increase performance and then decrease costs for all stakeholders collectively? Yeah. So so just for sake of context, Health Wallet is a, a digital healthcare ecosystem that has over 80 integrated member-facing solutions that we you know, very easily toggle between and cluster together as a function of relevance to the audience. And, and the reason why I say that is, is all of those respective uh, third-party you know, integrations uh, are representative of the solutions that are available today that are traditionally underutilized. Mental and behavioral health or, or virtual you know, teletherapy and psychology is a perfect example of something that that aside from the care continuity element and having some <clears throat> familiarity with the person that you're you're speaking with, there's pr practically nothing or no reason why that needs to happen in person, you know. And so, so what what a digital front door concept to us is is, you know, when a health plan has <clears throat> excuse me has ten different, you know, we'll call them member facing access points to the pharmacy to the telehealth, to the mental behavioral health, to the, uh, you know, the transparency tools and other things like that. There's, there's five new apps, five new passwords, common denominators, no utilization. And so we like to take all of those, you know, otherwise disparate, very intentional and complex plan related ecosystem elements, tie them into a mobile app, one mobile app, log in with your face, big buttons, unmistakably easy. And that application serves as 
the first knock for every care path. And so a lot of what we're doing is, is working with the folks that are, you know, deconstructing these health plans, the strategists, if you will, who are intentionally curating more cost-effective pharmacy solutions, more cost-effective high-performing provider networks, more cost-effective anything related to health plans, because there's a lot of ways to do it better than the, than, you know, the traditional plan as we know it. It just comes down to lack of consolidated access, lack of uh, ability to understand the difference between what this does, how this benefits me as a member versus my traditional, you know, stewardship behaviors or my, you know, what I would usually do when it comes to healthcare. Um, Everything that we do is predicated on two things, consolidated access and proactive engagements. So when we say digital front door, we mean when somebody goes into a primary care provider facility, our platform automatically reminds them of things that would have been more beneficial at the time and brings everybody's behavior back into a consolidated front door of which you know they carry around in their pocket all the time. Uh, and it kind of serves as you know their digital concierge to all of the things that are available to them that are cutting edge, that are more cost effective, more convenient, and subsequently uh, cuts plan expense for the payer or the plan sponsor. I also want to, I guess, look ahead a little bit. Uh, we've mentioned a lot of digital disruption. Uh, we've mentioned the, uh, obviously, the benefits of decreasing some of the barriers to access uh, solutions uh, in healthcare, uh, as well as specific services in healthcare. But moving forward, based on uh, some of the further digital disruptions we're going to see around um, capacity of technology to connect network and patient or physician and patient, uh, as well as disruptions to healthcare uh, and some of our structural systems, how do you think the future landscape of benefits navigation solutions will intersect with some of those disruptions, some of those changes to the system? Go ahead and lay out what you imagine those changes will be moving forward and then how you see solutions like yours responding and adapting. There's there's regulatory elements that are coming into play because the collective, you know, health healthcare is unfortunately a service that we're all consumers of at some point, you know, or another. And so um, you know, there's a handful of fundamentally misaligned uh, incentives related to the healthcare delivery model entirely. That's fee-for-service providers. That's pharmacy benefit middlemen. That's you know a handful of different things that, when when kind of stripped and redone, uh, lay the framework for much higher quality, low-cost healthcare for members and payers. And as we're deconstructing and rebuilding these solutions uh, or these health plans, and and keep in mind that these are coming, the benefits of these strategies are coming way down market. We're seeing five employee companies that are looking at self-funded benefit programs instead of your traditional, you know, fully insured health insurance carriers as we all know them, um, because there's a ton of waste in the middle in, in those environments when when uh you know quality and, and care don't necessarily uh quality and cost don't necessarily align um 
at the end of the day, when you're doing that and you're deconstructing and rebuilding health plans, the, the, the fundamental driver of performance of those plans is change in member behavior. And, you know, we joke around all the time internally, it's hard to herd cats, but you can move their food. So what we do is we intentionally work with folks who are structuring these solutions to be more cost effective at the member level because they don't necessarily care, you know, and I, I mean this with all due respect, of course, but I don't, you know, if I'm putting myself in one of their shoes, I wouldn't change my behavior because it's beneficial to my employer. I would change it because it's beneficial to me. And so if you structure solutions correctly uh, and incentivize them financially to change behavior, then they, they more than likely will, assuming they know that that's there. So that is the, that is the fundamental concept behind benefits navigation collectively. There's an inherent member self-service element of that, that we kind of intentionally marry the two. What's my deductible? Where's my ID card? Where's the closest doc? Talk to a doc now. All of that I can do from my mobile phone. Um, more complex related issues. Uh, we have the, the concierge folks sitting behind the scenes, ready and willing to, to help members. Understanding what we call the optimal care path or the concept of that anyway, which is making people do something different because the framework has been laid for them to do so with these, you know, high performing health plan ecosystems. Uh, and so I see the benefits navigation world uh, being considerably more prevalent, even, you know, in the next five to 10 years than it is now. And there's, there's two indicators of that. There's massive consolidation in healthcare in the in terms of you know watching organizations merge under the pretense of getting into benefits navigation or you know record numbers of investment in digital healthcare solutions those two things to me indicate that the market is is bullish on on you know benefits navigation collectively and just like anything else that's going to be driven by technology innovation um, because you know we all carry around our phone in our pocket and so that might as well be that you know our front door into the health plan world and the benefits and services that are available to, to us as a byproduct of that all the dots are there to connect it sounds like so it's all about just putting in that work and getting the right players at the table to restructure these plans. And I'm really curious to see how Health Wallet continues to do its part in restructuring the benefits navigation process to be more holistic for all parties. Ryan, this has been great. Thank you so much for your uh, initial breakdown here of why Health Wallet exists in the industry, what uh, benefits it's trying to provide, what issues it's trying to solve, and then moving forward, how we continue to see this uh, benefits navigation process potentially evolving and how that impacts companies like Health Wallet. And now finally, before we wrap, obviously this is episode one of the podcast and we've got lots of content in the pipeline here. Basically, we're going to be treating this podcast as a space to have those difficult conversations in the healthcare space, analyzing what are some of the issues structurally, um, interpersonally, technologically that need to be solved, and then offering some focused strategies and insights for what we can be doing actively, reactively, and proactively. So 
in the spirit of looking ahead a little bit, what are some of those hard-hitting conversations, those hot takes that you're hoping to discuss on the podcast? Give us sort of a lay of the land for what our audience can expect. Yeah, I think we're going to try and create a space where people that we are working with, you know, some examples could be some of our ecosystem vendors that, you know, really have a, a powerful message and story to tell. They exist and are, are doing well because they're, you know, they're disrupting this world. And this is a hyper uh, polarized, you know, very politically charged sort of ecosystem, you know, the health healthcare collectively. And so we intend to bring uh, some folks that are really, you know, driving change, pioneering different uh, kind of perspectives on how to collectively provide higher quality care at a lower, lower cost and, uh, or lower price, uh, you know, and I think that we're going to intentionally bring on some folks that are going to tell a pretty powerful story. And I want to, I want to give them the platform to be, you know, brutally honest and as direct as possible in their messages. So we can help to really compound the reason why, you know, there is a vast landscape of opportunity to think about healthcare and health plans as we know them today and what they will look like 10 years from now if we're you know successful at scale and implementing a lot of this uh ecosystem change and framework well there's plenty to talk about there that is for sure so we've got our work cut out for us with these conversations on the podcast it's going to be uh, like you said, a real space for authentic discussion and hopefully getting some answers around those biggest issues and disruptions in the industry today. But until then, I think that does it for this first episode of the podcast. So thank you again to our guest, Ryan Copland, co-founder and president of Health Wallet. Ryan, if folks want to find out more about Health Wallet, uh, about your solutions or about your thought leadership and want to engage more with uh, you know, some of your thoughts here in the industry, how can they get in touch or how can they do so? Check us out at our website. Um, there's several places where they can inquire if they want to learn more and see some demos and, and get a you know an idea of some of the flexibility and modularity we have. And uh, so thehealthwallet.com is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Love it, Ryan Copland. Thank you again. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, man. And thank you, everyone, for watching this very first episode of Digital Disruption, a Health Wallet podcast. Like Ryan said, if you want to find out more about what Health Wallet offers or engage with some more Health Wallet content, head to our website, thehealthwallet.com. Again, thehealthwallet.com. And also subscribe to Digital Disruption on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as we release more hot take conversations here around the healthcare industry and navigating the benefits journey. Again, I'm Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And thank you again for joining this very first Health Wallet podcast. We'll catch you next time.